Blog Talk Radio. Oh, good morning, listeners. You have reached the Voices of the Cannabis Wars, news from the front lines. We bring to you the news of what is really going on in this world, the, the bottom of the barrel type of the news that you don't hear about on regular TV because, you know, it's, it's something that they don't want you to know. We talk about people going to prison for a plant and why nobody should go to prison for a plant. And we talk about any prohibition. Um, we bring to you live every Sunday morning the news um, is presented to you by Mindy Griffiths. She is the producer of the show. I, Kristen Flora, am a host of the show. Um, Eugene Fisher is a host of the show as well, who spent 25 years of a life sentence in prison. Um, today we have a really, really good show lined up for you. But first, I want to also let you know that this show is hosted by CCHI 2016, and nothing but volunteers make up this show. This morning, we've got a great show coming on. We're going to hear from a man by the name of Carrie Lee Woosley, and you might know Carrie as a country singer um, album who uh, who wrote the song A Million Miles Away and landed a bestseller on Amazon. Um, and number three new artist category, or you might also know him as, without touring a radio show play, Kerry Woosley landed himself on the Billboard chart, charts on July 9th. But you may not know that he did that from prison. So Kerry Woosley is a plant prisoner who went to prison just for less than a thousand kilograms. I think. Well, let's let's not let's not make my words a hundred percent because. Um, I've, I've got it written down here on a Google Doc. But for everybody who did not wasn't able to join us last week, we want to apologize for the technical difficulties. As we, um, oh yeah, a thousand kilograms of marijuana is what he's in prison for, and he's a first-time nonviolent offender. For he's been in prison for 12 years, and he's going to be calling us right from behind prison bars today. So please check us check it out. We've got him coming on soon. We're also going to hear from his advocate, Sarah Castellano who is going to be calling in to talk about Carrie and help us understand more about him. Um, and we're also going to talk about um, what is going on in Southern California with Stephanie Landa. Stephanie Landa is at the High Times Cup, and she is raising commissary money. And um, we also, uh, Sherry Sicard is down there. We're not going to hear from her this week. We will be hearing from her last week. But she's also down there gathering letters. And we're also going to hear from George Monterano, who is serving or who has served 33 years of a life sentence, on Georgie's Corner at about 10.15. You don't want to miss him. He is a really good addition to our show. And then after that, we're going to hear from uh, Miggy about what's going on up here in an event, trying to get letters up here in Washington. We're going to hear from Mindy. She's going to have her prison prisoners update. And then um, we're going to also hear a message from Eddie Lepp. And we're going to hear from Tom Corby, the, team, the Human Solution international chapter coordinator in northern california but first eugene i want you guys the other host eugene how are you and what have you been up to this week uh good morning listeners good morning christian well it's been an amazing week for me as part of this movement and to show you what happens uh with the caring people involved in the marijuana movement uh i need a kidney and i went on facebook and a guy I hadn't seen in 28 years, an old marijuana guy, volunteered to give me a kidney, Kristen. Yes, I, I know that's what you said, but here's the thing is that, for one, 
your kidney broke down while you were in prison because of bad prison food. And then for two, this man was involved in your case um, over 25 years ago. Yes. And, you know, it was a good part of your case. Yeah, he was. He he did not cooperate. He stood uh-huh. stood firm, and uh, he he came on within one day of being on Facebook, which I didn't believe would happen. Uh, I had this uh, man calling me and saying uh, he was wasn't playing. He was going to give me a kidney. I thought it was a joke, and uh, it's for real. <laughs> I just had him over. Uh-huh. I spent uh, last night with him. Went to dinner and so on. And he's a beautiful uh, person. Uh, Alan Hollingsworth nice. is his name, and I'm blessed. I'm just blessed. Nice. So, um, uh, tell us what. But that's my my big news of the week. How about yourself, Christian? What's what's happening with you? Oh, well, you know this case against the CCA uh, private prison system that um, that my family is 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 seeking justice for is taking a uh, kind of an interesting turn as all week we've been doing depositions for the case. So me and my mother had to go basically tell the CCA's attorney everything that happened. It's a chance for them to question you and find out basically what you know about the case. And then um, my our attorney was, which is my dad's attorney, the same attorney that represented him in his federal case, got a chance to interview the nurse and the two doctors and the warden of the prison. And so I've been all busy all week. My testimony was real strong. Is you know, is a lot of emotions involved. My mom had a lot of a ton of emotions involved. And then the warden, I got to watch watch the depositions of the warden and and the, and the care people, if you want to call them, who took care of them. So I've um, been a very long week, and I'm very drained. And I hope someday I'm going to be able to talk to everybody a lot deeper about this week because it's really 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 unraveling in front of our face like crazy. But um, we've got our first guest on the line. And, but first, we want to play a song from Carrie Woosley. You guys might have heard it before. It's called Freedom. Um, it's a beautiful song. And right after Freedom, we're going to introduce to you Sarah Castillo. I'm going to have to ask her how to pronounce her name. But check out this song. Castellano. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, check this out. Let's hear the music. Let's hear the music. Okay. We I press and play right now. I pressed it. There it goes. My freedom well it leaves me today. Warp speed, I must say. If you were smart, you'd leave me and walk away. your freedom and a heart that is filled for me and I will not let them take it away 
you say we don't need it Well, it's easy for them to say Well, hold me tight Don't let them put me away Freedom, babe So here I sit alone along this way Never made that deal with the DEA They said if I told I'd be free and walk away I lost my freedom, babe Well, you got your freedom And a heart that is built for me And I will not let them take it away That's easy for them to say Well, hold me tight Don't let them put me away Freedom, babe Well, you got your freedom And a heart that is still for me And I will not let them take it away Well, you say we don't need it well, that's easy for them to say Well, hold me tight Don't let them put me away Freedom, babe Well, it was such a beautiful song um, When I first heard it, Eugene, I started crying It, it, it affected my emotions so much so we're going to introduce everybody to Sarah Castellano. Sarah is a personal advocate for Carrie Woosley, who wrote this song while he was in prison. Good morning, Sarah. Hi, good morning. How are you all? We're good. We're good. We're going to talk good, for about good. five minutes. And then we got Carrie Woosley calling in right right from behind bars. So, Sarah, right off off the bat, tell us, tell us about, um, about him being in prison. And this, this this beautiful song he wrote. Uh, well, first I'd like to say uh, that's amazing about your kidney story, Eugene. I'm so happy for you. Wow. And I have little doubt that being in prison is what caused your kidney issues because I know many, many people behind bars that suffer from chronic kidney stones to the extreme. Definitely has something to do with either the food, the water, the lack of nutrients, or I even suspect the instant coffee. Um, that that they only provide you with. So I appreciate I'm sorry it. Yeah, good, it, but definitely was was caused by my incarceration. No doubt about it. Oh, uh, I have no doubt. It's a disgusting <laughs> place to have to live. And but it like, also the poet the poetic justice Sarah is that someone in the marijuana business, someone who's been a long time marijuana user, yeah, came I forward. Yeah, I was and, listening. And, and, yeah, yeah, it's just amazing. Amazing. Good for him. Good for him to stand up for you more than once. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, actually, Carrie did not write that song when he was behind bars. He wrote it while he was out on bond for a year awaiting sentencing. Oh, wow. So pretty significant. All the lyrics in it are, are super significant to what was going on, you know, within his life. You know, his world came crashing down around him. 
all at once. And um, that's why I think it is such a powerful mm-hmm. song. And it makes many people emotional, Kristen, the same way that you described it. Yeah, I just instantly, I thought about my dad when I heard the song, and I just started crying. It just, it had, yeah. and then the other song, which we're going to play a million miles away here, um, a little in about 30 minutes or so, but that okay. song touched my heart as well. Um, I see why, yeah. the, now, Million Miles Away was a bestseller on Amazon, and I see why. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it went it's, off Sarah, even if, even if he didn't write them while he was incarcerated, the whole incarceration situation produced the songs. I think that's oh, absolutely, because, um, you know, he he also didn't make a deal. And so, you know, he knew the mandatory minimum that he was facing since it was a federal case. So it absolutely has everything to do with that. And it also has to do with, you know, you get in touch with people that you that you know, and you start paying more attention to people that are incarcerated, and you understand how, how the people in your life that you thought would always be there for you fail you, you know, and it's, it's shocking, and it's, it's eye-opening, and I remember the first um, letter that that Carrie wrote me once he was incarcerated, and he said it's it's the most humbling experience when you go to prison because it's like you died and you get to go to your funeral and you see who didn't show up. Wow! Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, it blew my mind. Oh, because you know, like I, even my personal situation to watch my mom and dad go down like that. So many people turn their back and just. It yeah, wasn't even so many people wow. that I'm sure they were there for, paid their bills, yeah. bailed them out before. I mean, the list goes on and on. They're too yeah. busy. They don't write. They forgot. They're going to write you soon. They swear they're going to send pictures. They don't. I mean, it's it's everyone's story who's been incarcerated like that. You know, people have good intentions, but time gets away from them because they're busy and out here in the streets. But but those kind of things and, and letters and pictures are everything to, to somebody I always tell people, if you know someone who's incarcerated, you have extra time to get to know someone, you want to be a pen pal, let me know, because I know so many people that would benefit from that. Wow, yeah. So, Carrie's, um he's not only just accomplished just these two songs, he released a whole album from Behind Prison. That's right. Yeah, he, he put together a, a whole album's worth of songs while he was on that year out. Um, some of them he re-recorded that he wrote previously, some of them that were new while he was out on bond for a year and, and they weren't really, um, they were just kind of hanging out and not doing anything. And, and the more, um, we started talking and deciding how we were going to use his incarceration as a positive instead of a negative, we put it together on an album and we got his, his fans and friends and family base to, to really rally around him with are They're so amazing, strong people that really, um, are there for him again and again. I can't say that enough. um, we put it together and we put it out there and everyone bought it. Well, you like, guys, he's, um, he's calling in right now. He's calling in right now. Okay. Keep talking while I answer the phone. Okay. Hold on just a second. Okay. So anyway, that's basically how it came to be. And then because we had such an amazing week, that first week of sales, that's how it's, that's how it's um, counted from the um, charting system. And then, um, they we got an email at the end of the week from Billboard saying, we have you charting. We need you to mail us a hard copy of the album. And that was it. Wow. So it was a, it was, yeah, it was a really wild ride, and it was something Kristen, that I guys, we never got, did before. Um, you guys, oh, we Carrie. got, hi, Carrie. We got Carrie Woosley calling in right right from behind the federal penitentiary. Good morning, Carrie. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Um, we're, we're doing better than you are. 
Yeah. <laughs> I can't complain too freedom. much, you know. We, I can't complain too much. We just heard your song. First of all, I just want to let you know we, we just listened to your song, um, Freedom. And we've got myself, Sarah, and we've also got Eugene Fisher, who served 30, uh, 25 years of a life sentence in federal custody for cannabis. And we just want to introduce ourselves to you and just let you know that you are a hero to all of us. And um, we commend you and we look up to you for the 12 years you've already served. And we think you're a hero. Oh, thank you so much, you guys. You know, I read Eugene's story. Uh, I, I try to do my homework, and uh, that's heartbreaking. So I feel for him, too. And, uh, you know, I, uh, my hat's off to him as well. Well, you missed the good news thank at the you, beginning Jerry. of the show. At, at the beginning of the show, Eugene announced that he's he needs a liver and he, or a kidney, and he kidney. found a, a, a yeah, and he found somebody to donate a kidney. So he got he got. Oh, okay, congratulations, yeah, yeah. man. That's good. <laughs> Thank you very maybe much. All that it bad was, food uh, in prison. Maybe all that bad food in prison did that to you. <laughs> uh, it it was. I don't want to dwell on that because I know you're you're talking over the prison lines. But someday when we we talk outside of prison, uh, I, I'll tell you the story. Uh, Okay. But I, all right, James, sounds good. Terry, I want to commend you on, on the tremendous uh, creativity you've shown in, in fact, in spite of your circumstances and so on, that you're able to put together this, these uh, musical triumphs. Tell us a little bit about oh, it. Oh, thank you, man. Well, you know, uh, me and Sarah, uh, obviously. Hi, Sarah. Is she there? Hi. Yeah, I'm here. Hello. <laughs> We uh, we got together and we ended up releasing this uh, CD and it just took off, you know. So uh, I'm I'm really fortunate to to have everyone uh, support me as much as they have, you know. It ended up hitting the Billboard charts and Forbes magazine got a hold of it and and Billboard magazine got a hold of it and uh, you know a lot of media outlets and the thing just skyrocketed and uh, you know I I really can't complain too much, you know. I mean I know I'm I'm locked up, but things have been I've been so blessed, you know. So I try not to look at the negativity that, that that has happened to me and I just you know of course I regret all the all the things that I did uh, you know a lot of things that I did whenever I was younger but all I can do now is just you know look forward and um, put all of this negativity into something positive and you know that's how I, I do this that's just how I do my bid and thank God it's just worked out so well I mean I, I never dreamed it would be this this good you know uh, wow. Terry when, when is your release date well, in the federal system, it's kind of tricky. You know, they don't really tell you exactly when your date is until you get about a year away. And I should be getting my date soon, so I'm thinking I'll be home uh, next year, you know. So uh, I'm really excited about that, actually. I haven't been able to say that in a long time. So um, I'm Great. hoping if everything goes right, I'll be home next year, and uh, I'll be having an album out at the end of next year, I would I would think. An album about oh, wow. uh, me being free, you know. <laughs> Yeah, wow. So I've written so many songs since I've been in, and I've got a, I think I've written almost close to 200 since I've been in, and and they just mean so much to me, you know. They're not all about prison life either. It's just about the, you know, the the, the state of mind that you get in whenever you're in. This call is from a federal prison. Sorry about that, and uh, yeah. you know, so the the music just means a lot to me. So I can't wait to share it with everybody. Well, um. Carrie, I have a question. Um, this is a question that Eugene, Eugene had actually for you. We have a list of little questions to ask you, and this is a question from Eugene. He wants you to tell us the mechanics of how you were able to record from inside the prison. Well, this is the tricky part. You, you really, we really didn't do that. What, what, what I had done is, whenever I was on, um, 
when I was out there waiting to go to prison, I knew about six months in advance I was going to be going, and that's when I recorded a few songs before I came to prison, actually. And that's it. They weren't released until after. Awesome. I had a, yeah, we had a, a um, my my guy that records for me mix it all and everything behind the prison walls, and I I had to master it and everything over the phone. Wow. So um, I, I actually didn't end up recording in prison. It was right before I came in. Wow. So, Carrie, I have a question for you. Um, we've got down that you're in there for cannabis. Um, could you tell us just a little bit more of how you how you got, you know, 13 sentences, so much time in, in prison for a plant? And- well, it, you know, I, I had a conspiracy charge, and uh, even though it was just marijuana, they have these minimum mandatories set in place, you know, and if you get – uh, mixed up in it, whether, you know, they didn't find any marijuana on me at all. You know, it was just hearsay. It was uh, other people signing pleas for, you know, lesser time to say that, you know, they knew that I was selling marijuana or whatever. And at the end of the day, I got mixed up in a conspiracy, and they ended up, you know, it was, the minimum mandatory was 10 to life for me. And uh, since I was a first-time offender, they ended up giving me 151 months, which is uh, almost 13 years. Did you go to trial? I didn't go to trial because in the federal system, uh, the w- winning a trial is uh, you, about two percent chance. Yeah, so, I know. Uh, we, we've been I, we've I, been trying to teach people about jury nullification so that people will be able to go to trial and, and and depend on their jurors not to just judge the law as broken, but actually judge the law. So I understand about that trial thing. It's really tricky. Yeah, it, it's really crazy. When people hear that I'm in prison just for marijuana, they don't believe me. You know, even even the guys in prison here. They uh they can't believe it, <laughs> you know. They got all these people, and there's some of the people in here that've done some pretty terrible things. And then I say I'm in here for marijuana. Some of them just don't believe me, you know. Right. Um. So we have one question here um, for you. What do you miss about freedom the most? Oh, well, of course I miss my family first and foremost. But um, I think people want to hear the maybe the little. I miss the little things, you know, like a a, a nice bed and a pillow, a real pillow, because <laughs> they don't give us real pillows in here. Uh-oh. And uh, the, the the thing you really can't uh, substitute in prison either is a, a bath. I want to take a bubble bath, you know. You can't. <laughs> I know that sounds corny, man, but Aww. it's just something you can't really imitate when you're in here. And I just want to get out and take a nice uh, hot bath. You know, they don't really have hot water here much either. So I guess that's one of the things I miss most besides my, my family and, and being able to uh, be able to record music, really. I mean, I, I just love I love music. I'm that's in my blood, you know, and since I've been in here, it's really hard to do. I have to be at the mercy of these guys' time here, and uh, I don't get enough time to really do that as much as I would like to, you know. Um, so we, we have a question, what, what do you want to do when you get out? And you kind of answered that in a past, in a past, in a past question, but um, I'm wondering, besides play music, what, what are the things that you hope to do besides um, work, work in music? What would well, you I, I, I really want to spend time with my family. I would like to educate uh, younger people, too, about, um, you know, even putting yourself involved in unfortunate situations, you know. I mean, sure, I shouldn't have got this much time for marijuana, but uh, at the same time, I could have uh, I could have done things differently, you know, and I could, I could educate younger people of uh, what not to do, you know, so they don't find themselves uh, in this situation. I think me being, having to go through this, uh, people listen to me a little bit more, you know? Right, and, uh, right. I would I would like to do that, really. I'd like to help out the kids. I think they would listen to me. That's nice. That's nice. We have a man calling in after you who's serving a life. He's been in there for 13 years, and he's serving a life sentence. So I think it's wow. cool that you're – yeah, I think it's – I think it's really awesome about you is that 
you're going to get out and you're going to write more songs about the situation. We're called the Voices of the Cannabis War, so I'm, like, really intrigued that your voice is going to be a bigger voice even when you get out so people are, are knowing more about the people that, that you're leaving behind once you leave. Um, right. We have we have the producer on our show. Her name is Mindy Griffiths, and she's excited to hear your voice, and she says it's nice, and she's let me know that she has a guitar pick of yours. Um, oh, hi, Mindy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so she wants me to tell you hello and let you know that she's listening, so... Oh, that's um, great, great. She's a nice person. Yes, she is. She does a lot of prison outreach for our prisoners. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I just want to say uh, thank you, too, to all of you guys, all your listeners and everything else. Uh, it really means a lot. You know, you guys have done so much and shown so much support. It's uh, it's mind-blowing. I never knew before I, I came into prison that this was all set up like this, and it, it really makes me have a, a, a lot of compassion for uh, for everybody out there that, that has the heart that they do, you know. For sure. Now, it says here that you guys applied for clemency in 2014. I, I did. I did, and uh, I have some bad news about that, actually. I haven't really uh, told anybody yet, but I was um, I was officially denied last week by Obama. Oh, oh. Yeah, it got all the way to his uh, desk, and I guess, uh, I don't know what happened, but uh, it, it, I got really far in it. I went to a few interviews. Um, I even got called down to the office here. I signed some papers. I thought I was going home, to be honest with you. And I guess it just Aww. wasn't my time. So they finally uh, they ended up denying me just last week. I just got the official denial. I, you know, I was I the only one in this prison actually that even got uh, as far as I did to his desk. So it was a good. This call is from a federal prison. At the end, I guess I just didn't uh, I just didn't make the cut. I don't know what happened. We're we're all kind of still scratching our heads about that. You know, I've been a model uh, prison inmate. I've, I've I'm a nonviolent first-time offender, so I don't really know what happened. You know, but uh, there's there I would rather people honestly that had life sentences get out. So maybe that's what they were doing, and that's what I'm praying for. Right, right. Well, we did have one the last time he granted clemency to 61 people. I believe only one was cannabis. And then the time before that, there was, in fact, Eugene Fisher, the host of the show here, one of his good friends, Billy Deco, was, was, or actually three of them were granted clemency, and one just happens to be really good friends with Eugene, so he's out, but he, it doesn't seem like he's doing a lot of cannabis uh, prisoners. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what that's about. It, it, it blew me away, but... You know, like I said, maybe uh, maybe there's uh, other reasons for that, and I, I support it. You know, I'm not going to sit here and bash it at all. I support whatever, you know, whatever they're doing. They're, I'm, I'm sure there's uh, more people that deserve it more than me, to be honest with you. Right. Um, Eugene, we've only got a couple more minutes left. Is there anything you want to talk to Carrie about? Well, uh, Terry, uh, I, I'm, I'm just curious about your mindset uh, as to uh, – what what you've learned while you're you've been incarcerated? Well, I've uh, I've learned not to take the small things in life for granted. You know, I've uh, I've grown up a lot in here. I came in a a boy, and I'm leaving a man. Um, I'm gonna take life a lot more serious. You know, I'm uh, fortunate enough to get blessed with a really nice talent, and I was wasting it away out there uh, sometimes by, you know, not doing the things probably how I was supposed to be doing them. And I've just, uh, you know, I'm going to focus on being more of a man this time around. And we have a lot of support out there for some big-time people. We've had some really big movie companies contact us, too. So I'm just going to make the best out of this. You know, I'm going to get out and do the right thing. And uh, I'm telling you guys, I'm going to make this I'm going to make this thing pretty big when I get out, and I'm really excited. Aww. Oh, wow. 
the, the okay. music the music is there. I'm telling you right now, the music is there. It's not it's not just uh, good music, but it's commercial ready. You know, um, it's it's pop music. It's going to be the kind of music that is on the radio right now. So it's it's going to be really great. So it will be a big our audience that I can get to. You know, it's not going to be something that's low key. This is going to blow up huge. Uh, I'm assuming so. Well, Carrie, we're going to play these walls around me here about um, we're going to get a call from Craig any time from prison as well. And when his call is over, we're going to play the next song, and then we're going to go back to Sarah and talk about some of the other accomplishments that we just haven't talked about with you um, and some of some of the places that your um, your music has landed as far as magazines and things like that. So um, okay. the whole thing is, yeah, so, so yeah, so we've got more, more, more coming up um, regarding you here here shortly, so... Um, is there anything, we only have a couple more minutes left, is there anything you would like our listeners to know about about anything that, that you know, use your your voice? Um, what, what do you want people to know about you and your incarceration? I just want to let everybody know that, uh, you know, I really appreciate all the support out there, not just for me, but for everybody out there that, you know, that these unfortunate situations happen to. And uh, it really, I'll go to sleep tonight feeling so good just knowing that I, we have all this support, you know, and I want to thank uh, you, Kristen, and Eugene, uh, Mindy, everyone over there, and uh, please keep supporting, uh, you know, all this that's what's going on because this is uh, something – marijuana will be legal sooner or later, uh, federally too. It, it's it's inevit- inevitable, you know. It's it's definitely coming, definitely. Right. Uh, right. It's just a matter of time, you know, and uh, once this happens, then, you know, then what? You know, I'll be out there saying, oh, I did all that that, you know. At the end of the day, we were right, you know. We were right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everyone's yep. going to know yep. that, you know. We will we will be the ones that are right, and everyone's going to be shaking their head like, oh, man, you know, I, I should have listened. So the ones that are listening right now, I'm sure that they're on the right track, you know. They're, they're, the, they're the believers, and uh, I really want to say thank you to all them, and I want to I say thank you to all you guys as well. Uh, well, you know what, we just all believe the same thing, that nobody should go to jail or die in prison for a plant. Yeah, what you're doing is so great, you know. It is so great, and uh, I commend you all for it. They're going to kick us off the phone here. But thank uh, you for playing my song, everybody. Please visit my website at carrylee.com. That's K-A-R-E-Y-L-E-E.com. And uh, you can get all of our information for all the things coming up or uh, any of my songs or anything you want from there, uh, Twitter and all that stuff is on there. Okay, cool. Wow, all thank right, guys. you. Thank hey, thank you. you so much, you guys. And, uh Please thank tell you. your other guys calling that uh, I said hello. You guys take it easy, okay? Okay, thank you. Yeah, what, what Carrie didn't have a chance to say either is if you if you go to that website, carrielee.com, you can also sign up for his newsletter. You just enter your email. It's real easy, and then you'll get an email saying confirm that you want to receive his newsletter. We don't give anyone's email out to any other organizations or sell you like a list. It's, it's technically just for his newsletter, and he does one about every other month, sometimes two months in a row if there's a lot going on or if he has a funny story. But it's a pretty fun newsletter because he'll tell you, like, funny things like slang they use in prison and just the crazy things that he's seen that month or or, or sometimes more serious things going on with him, his life personally. So it's a good way that he keeps in touch, and it's a, it's a really awesome newsletter. So I encourage anyone who um, wants to know more about Carrie or just wants to understand what goes on, um, or just be supportive of a of a pot prisoner to uh, sign up for that newsletter, and we we put a lot of effort into it. I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of it. Wow, that sounds cool. In fact, when we get our website up, our website is in the middle of being built. But when it's all the way built, we would like to put a link to that on our website for him as well. 
so that people Absolutely. can see our site. And vice versa. Yeah. We'll put your website up on ours too. So, and actually, I'll when this when this interview is over, I I'll go and get it and I'll put it on. I put it on our website under media, so people okay. can find the link and listen to it. Mm-hmm. Yes, please do. In fact, I have a message right here from the back end of Facebook from Tony asking me if I can post his link to my Facebook wall. So our listeners are definitely listening and anxious to find out uh, more about what, what Carrie has to say. So that's awesome. That is awesome. That's that's how you do it, you know. And the thing is about Carrie and his new songs that he's writing, you know, he gets so much support from, from uh, the marijuana legalization movement and the people behind it. But he really, those are his people, you know. And when he gets out, he wants to do those festivals. He wants to show up at those events, um, talk live on stage, whatever it takes to kind of use his voice, you know, like you were saying, and his songs to keep people understanding that, you know, the word marijuana or pot, that doesn't have to be a dirty word. That can be a very useful plant and source in our everyday lives and we don't have to act like we don't love it to be respected in the community. It's silly. Well, um, Sarah, I just want to let you know that any second we could be getting a a phone call from federal inmate Craig Cecil um, and when he calls we're going to talk to him for about 15 minutes Um, so don't hang up because we're going to come, we're going to, right after that we're going to play another one of Carrie's songs and then we're just going to talk to you about you know, where we can find uh, articles about him and things like that so i just okay. want to let you know that it's, it's coming up now have you been friends with carrie since before he went to prison friends since sixth grade we literally rode the bus together oh so, so how does that feel to you to have one of your your closest friends taken for over a decade in this war yeah. i mean that's got a it's heartbreaking a it's heartbreaking especially for him, I mean, everything you heard just now in that interview, I mean, that's really who he is. He's just a super nice guy. Everybody in our community loves him. When he actually got sentenced to go to prison, I mean, I know I'm not alone in saying we were shocked. I mean, this is a person who created jobs for people. So many people will stand up and say that he's been there for them one time or another in their life. It, it was just, it was heartbreaking. It's And to know his family, too. He has the sweetest, most loving family. His mom, she's an amazing lady. His dad, he's definitely, I mean, just a stand-up guy. They're all such good people. And they miss her, They miss her son, their brother. I mean, it's a missing puzzle piece. And, and to watch them make every holiday happen anyway and put one foot in for the other, it's, it's really hard to see. Wow. Well, well, you you are an amazing person for standing by him. We have so many stories of prisoners that have nobody that every single person left their side that's been in there for decades that just mm-hmm. have nobody. I've heard like, those stories too. It's I always tell Carrie too, even when he's home, like I'll always be responsible for uh, a federal prisoner in some way because you're right. There are so many people that have no one, and and it's sad and. The, the punishment for breaking the law, fine. You know, people say you broke the law, you deserve to be punished. Okay, well, you know, the punishment is losing time, not being stripped of every inch of dignity. Come on. Right, right, right. And the punishment right, seems like guys, it just goes on and on. We've got crazy people calling in, so if you and Eugene could just okay. talk together. Oh, uh, Eugene? Oh, yes. Uh, we're, we're yeah, I know you know firsthand being being put 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 away like that. 
it's you're not just your punishment isn't just losing your time of being free in the streets. The way they treat you in there, the way you're forced to live, it's 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 beyond ridiculous. It's right, layers guys, of punishment. We've got Craig yeah, on the line. It sure is. We'd like to talk with Craig then. He's always okay. it's always a great got, pleasure to have Craig on. Craig, we've got uh, me and Eugene, and then we've got Sarah Castellano, who is on as a personal advocate for. Carrie Woosley, who is in prison for cannabis and has been in there for 12 years, he's getting out soon, but has recorded, not recorded from prison, but has launched his music from prison and has made billboard charts everywhere. So um, I'm just uh, wanted to introduce you to her and let you know what's going on and ask you how your week has been and say hi. Well, <laughs> well, well hello. And uh, well, the week, the week here has been quiet, which is, which is good. It's uneventful. Uh, this morning we had what was called a, a fog count. <laughs> Gene, Gene could talk about that. Is uh, when it gets foggy outside, they lock us all in the cells, and uh, we basically stay in the cells until the fog clears, and they go around and count all of us to make sure we're all still there, and then we finally get out of the cells. Yes. Yeah, they don't want to lose, lose any sheep. They don't want to lose any sheep. They're the good shepherds. Wow. Yes. So we is had that foggy that they can't see people. Yes. Uh, how it really works is uh, the guard towers out by the fence can't, you know, see really within the prison all that well. So that's the reason for locking us all in the cells. But so we were locked in the cells till about eleven thirty. Oh. <laughs> was that today? Craig, tell 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 the listeners how it disrupts your life. Whatever you know, even though they people think there's no life, that you have a life in prison that's pretty well regulated, and how disrupted it it is to have a fog camp. Well, just to be to tell you, my events of the day is that I've needed to get a document photocopied now for about a week and a half, and the inmates only have one photocopier we can pay to use and that photocopier has been broken for a month and I was hoping to get over they just got it fixed yesterday or on Friday rather so I was hoping to get over this morning to use it but due to the fog count I was not able to get over there and uh, I just found out after lunch it's broken again (laughs) so yes something is so something as silly as getting a photocopy is, you know, has resulted in weeks of waiting and weeks of frustration. <laughs> wow. So, Craig, last week when you called, um, you had all kinds of messages for me to tell Mindy about the, about the dental care there and how it was working a little bit better. And I let her know know that you um, you said thank you not to her but to everybody, not just her, but especially her, but to everybody else as well. Because you are getting, there is being um, some dental care provided? Yes, yes. The dental office has reopened. And from what I understand, um, a lot of that was due to some coverage in the local press, which Mindy was the catalyst for. And uh, that coverage led, led to a lot of phone calls and all that to the prison. And I know the dental people had a lot of meetings with uh the complex warden with some regional people and all that, they've had a whole lot of meetings, and at least the dental hygienists have started treating people. The dentist has offered to pull a couple of teeth, but, I mean, at least at least he's starting to do something. Wow. Wow. So, 
Can I get verification that that came from the local press coverage, and that press coverage came from one place, <laughs> from Mindy. Nice, <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> um, so, Craig, I want to tell you the good news because Eugene announced some good news today. I don't know if you know, but he was he needed a kidney because of all the bad food and stuff in prison, and somebody offered him a kidney who was part of his case from way back 25 years ago, and so he's going to have a kidney donor, so he's going to survive now. Oh, congratulations. I don't know Thank what you. what is the congrat what is the correct congratulations for getting a new kidney? It's not like buying a new car. <laughs> uh, happy kidney day or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. I'm glad to hear that there's some happy hope in the in the works. <laughs> Thank you very much. For yeah. Sure. Uh you know, uh, the prison is bad, and we suffer the consequences even outside. Which our prayers are that you will be in, you would be into that other life very soon, the, the outside life, again. And uh, but uh, yeah, uh, there's a lot of pre- a lot of uh, consequences and so on. Uh, this call is uh, from a federal prison. Greg, uh, the Christian uh, no, is right now in 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 uh, doing. Uh, 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 testimony concerning a father's uh, death in prison and in the lawsuit they're doing. So, please uh, continue on. <laughs> yes, Craig, I've been busy all week with that. Um, what have you been doing all week? Uh, like I say, we've been quiet. Our weather has improved, uh, so I've been able to spend more time outside. Again, this year for the softball league, I'm the scorekeeper. And I'm an umpire, so I'm busy with the softball season. Oh boy! <laughs> oh wow! But the, but that keeps things interesting and it keeps it fun, as you can well imagine, being in the middle of the games and that. But that that keeps me active. Aww. And the prison, the prison otherwise okay. has been quiet. The the prison has been quiet. There's no real uprising. Oh, thank God! That. Like, thank God for that. Yes, that's always a. A blessing when it happens, because uh, when there's agitation and trouble, it's it's very disturbing. Yes, yeah, sometimes you know when there's especially uprisings between rival groups or gangs, um, it just makes a, a tense situation for everybody. And recently, it's been fairly quiet, so that that's good. And like I say, the 900 people here are extremely happy to Mindy's and all of your efforts <laughs> for the dental care. So that's actually brought up the spirits a little bit here. Yeah. Now we just need the food to follow suit. <laughs> <laughs> are they still uh, cutting so back on the food rations and so on, Craig? Yes, yes. The food is the food is roughly about half of what you remember. Um, it, it's it's really something. I mean. Uh, I figured out from the National Institute of Health uh, pamphlets and all that, we don't even get, if you ate everything they served us per day, it doesn't even add up to 2,000 calories a day. It's really sorely lacking. We used to get we used to get brunches that had meat and uh, eggs and, you know, some potatoes and all that. The meat has gone away. There's no more meat. There's only one egg's worth of eggs. Um, I mean, it They've done away with farina. They've done away with most of the cereals. It's almost usually uh, just grits and uh, and biscuits. Um, so, uh, Craig, I have a, 
um, Craig, I want to um, just say that we, we uh, 420 is coming up where the whole nation this Wednesday is going to be celebrating in cannabis um, for whatever reason, legality or just because they like it. I don't know. But on 420, um, I won't be forgetting about you and neither will Mindy. She's going to be coming up to the Seattle Hemp Fest and the Seattle Hemp Fest has invited, invited us to come and help get letters signed for our prisoners. And I think Tony will probably, well, no, I don't know what Tony's doing, but a few of us, and Miggy, I think Miggy's going to come, but we're going to get together at the Seattle Hemp Fest party and get more letters signed for you and for a couple of the other prisoners as well. Oh, thank you. I I understand recently there was a rally in front of the White House in favor of marijuana. I've read some about it. So there there seems to be more and more of an effort to to get press coverage and to uh, push for the decriminalization, and I'm really happy about that. And I, I think most Americans favor that. What I find odd, though, is some of the marijuana laws that they have made regarding medical marijuana and all that, they they almost sound like a trap to me. Like in Michigan, you're allowed to grow, I think it's like 12 plants for medical marijuana, but you're only allowed to possess up to two and a half ounces of marijuana. And if you ask me, the math doesn't add up. (laughs) Well, you know, it doesn't Yeah. There's a whole hodgepodge of, of laws and things and local regulations that conflict with the state regulations and so on. It's quite a quite a mess, but it's it's moving ahead, Greg. That's it is happening. Yes, it's in, definitely in, moving in, in fact, that direction. In fact, there's there's talking of, de- of rescheduling right now, but the DEA is moving to reschedule. The DEA itself is is asking Congress to reschedule marijuana. Right. I would really like to see it decriminalized altogether because, as you know, unfortunately, just moving it from uh, Schedule 1 to Schedule 2 doesn't actually help us because uh, the law that we're – the law that, uh, like Gene and I were uh, convicted of violating is uh, Title 21 United States Code Section 841, which is possession of a controlled substance. And the difference between Schedule 1 and Schedule 2 is Schedule 1 means that the drug has absolutely no medical purpose at all. It, it has no legitimate use anywhere. But now Schedule 2 is is also a controlled substance, but with Schedule 2, like a lot of the cannabis activists are pushing for, it means it does have a medical purpose somewhere. For instance, methamphetamine is a Schedule uh, 2 narcotic. So although the the penalties remain the same. But I think it'll at least amount to a government acknowledgement that there is a medical use for it, and that would enable, like, VA hospitals to prescribe it to, you know, glaucoma people and seizure people and all that, that it's found the benefit. So that's definitely a step in the right direction. Yes, you're absolutely right. We agree with you about the... It should be descheduling, not just rescheduling to 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 uh, a, a level two. Uh, we're hoping it'll go down much more, and it, 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 preferably that it would be descheduled completely. Yes, In fact, like Craig, that. we we are working on a on a team, uh, Mindy, Eugene, and I. It's a, and some other people, uh, and it's the project is called Project Deschedule. So we're trying to bring attention to descheduling versus rescheduling. 
and we've been working on how we can get it descheduled. However, it seems as though, you know, it's it's there's a lot a lot going out there, but we are we're our little group trying to wave our hands and get get more, the most attention that we can to do our best, but um we are trying to deschedule. Great. And that's where results come from from the little groups that, you know, once you start getting momentum, there's a whole lot of people that'll jump right there with you. Yeah, and, we uh, noticed that. There's a lot of people that want to want to help. It's coming in. But uh, if they could make you know marijuana the same as alcohol, where it's decriminalized yet regulated, you know that that would make sense to me. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I I think there's been some risk shown to. Uh, children smoking marijuana so i mean i i can understand age limits like alcohol and you know things of that nature but it just doesn't make sense to put it in the same category and schedule one with heroin it just doesn't make any sense right so craig you mentioned extracurricular activities like the doing the baseball and i noticed that there's another prisoner that we've been talking to his wife on our shows off and on and Chris Martin down in Arizona, he has introduced sort of a coloring book type of a art thing into the prison. And what I'm wondering, and uh, Mindy's wondering, is do you guys have an art, um, any art type of things back there? I know you got baseball, but what other extracurricular activities do you have, and is art included? Well, prisons have what they call ACE classes. ACE stands for Adult Continuing Education. Now, typically, these classes are are done at the education department, but they're overall they're t- they're taught by inmates. You know, inmates with different specialties. So, for instance, uh, there's an informal class here, taught by a guy that uh, something like Bernie Madoff, but his uh, this call is from a federal prison. His expertise had to do with the Chicago Board of Trade and all that, and uh, so he's very, very knowledgeable in those matters, and he, he teaches a class about uh, futures investing and all that because, you know, he has a and is, you know, very well versed in it. And these classes, you know, the different inmates that have different skills and different educational backgrounds can teach these classes, and sometimes they are helpful. I recently went through a nutrition class that I learned a lot from. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I hear the beep, so I know that your time is going to be up soon. Is there any uh, final thoughts you'd like to leave with our listeners? Uh, One thing I'd like to quickly mention, and uh, I don't know the facts of it, but from what I understand, there's a change.org petition that bears my name. Yes, okay, yes, change.org. I shared that, and I signed it. I'll keep sharing it, and I'll get. We'll try. We will try to get a whole bunch of people to do it. So, if um, any listeners can go on my Facebook wall and find it, I'll Thank post you. it up Thank here you. in a second. Yes, we'll put it on our our Cannabis War Facebook too. Thank you, and thank you for all you do to to in terms of the left. Uh, I think you just got cut off, Christian. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I'm looking for that petition. I got a folder right more. here. If anybody's listening to this this interview right now, you please go to our Voices of the Cannabis War page and sign this. Um, he has 434 people that signed it for, so far, and we want him out of prison. So check that out. Next thing we're going to do is we're going to go right into Carrie Woosley's second song, These, These Walls Around Me. 
And Carrie, um, Sarah is dropped off, so we will briefly go over some of his accomplishments if she don't call back in. But if she calls back in, we're going to go back to her. And then we're going to hear from Stephanie Landa, who is an ex-POW um, who's raising commissary right now down at the, at the High Times Cup. So we're going to find out an update from the High Times, right from, directly from the High Times Cup. And we're, after that, we're going to hear from George Monterano, who had a really big weekend last week, and we're going to find out how that went. So check out this song. It's from Carrie, Carrie Lee Woosley called Freedom. Or no, this one is called These Walls Around Me. I've got these walls around me, so tell me how you found me. Thought I'd never see your face again. And am I just dreaming, or maybe just a feeling for someone to call a friend? I feel a million miles away from this life of mine. Punishments from things done wrong make you do sometimes. You do what you do, thinking what you do will pass somehow. Baby, look at me now. I've got these walls around me, so tell me how you found me. Thought I'd never see your face again. And am I just dreaming, or maybe just a feeling? Someone to call a friend. Trust me, I am lonely, my privacy is phony. I'm just waiting to feel free. I haven't begun yet to see my first sunset. When I do, can you come with me? Can you come with me? So please don't forget my smiling face and all the good I've done. For this crazy place I'd be there for you No matter what you do No matter who you know Baby, what did you do? I've got these walls around me Tell me how you found me Thought I'd never see your face again And am I just dreaming Or maybe just feeding With someone to call a friend Thank you. 
you guys. That was Carrie Woosley's song, uh, These Walls These Walls Around Me. So if you like that that music, you can buy it. Um, you can probably go to his website and find information on where to buy it at. Uh, his his um, advocate has dropped off. There's just a few things we want to go over about Carrie Woosley. Um, real quickly, if you want to know more about him, he had a... He had a Forbes article written about him. He was a spotlight piece in August uh, 28 on 2013. Uh, he has thousands of loyal reporters on social, me- social media, and they grow daily. He's also a feature story review by Patrick Call and Celebrity Stoner 2013. And Patrick Call's the album, Cookie, says it has pedal drive, and it's a rock anthem. <laughs> High Times Magazine published the article, Jailhouse Rock, in their November 2013 issue, and talks about an inju- about an injustice that has been, been done to Carrie, and that his album, upon release, is highly anticipated, pre-naming it Out of the Joint. Wow, that is awesome. So you guys can hear more about this nonviolent, first-time offender musician by going to his website, CarrieWoosley.com, and you can also go to my page, and you can get a link right to it. So check it out. It's going to be awesome. Um, we are going to hear from Steffi Landon any second now, but first, um, we are going to read a quick message from Eddie Lepp, and I'm looking for that right now, who is in prison, and he sent this message. It says, well, it looks like this, look, this is coming from a Colorado prison um, in, in Colorado. He, what, we're in a state where it's legal. Uh, Eddie has been locked up for almost 10 years. We'll be out soon, but he went to trial from a from a raid that happened in California. He's one of our heroes. Um, it says, looks like, the scabies, looks like the scabies may be back. Once again, introduced by a new guy from another prison. Don't understand why they aren't screened when they get in here. This guy has been going to medical for a while, and they just know after several months of doing something, praying I don't get this shit as I did it last time. I do believe spring is here and nice and warm with little rain. And all the little trees are blooming, so it's a good sign. The birds are mating, so it must be spring. Mary C., Amy P., Heidi G., and my darling little Lori are doing all they can to help get me a pardon. Hope they can get it done. Sure would be nice to have this off my record. Thank each and every one of you for your love and support. That means very much to me. Truth, respect all, hurt no one, hurt none, love one another. So if you want more updates from Eddie, he sends these messages out, and I have a Facebook page for him. It's called Free Eddie Lepp. Uh, you can go to his, his Facebook and get a regular update of what Eddie is up to. So check that out. Um, now it looks like I might have posted the wrong, um, the wrong uh, change.org petition out there, so I'm going to delete it. If you guys um, are, are looking at it, we've got one person trying to sign it who can't but um, I'll repost the right one soon. So check into that. Um, I'm trying to see if we have our next guest on the, on the call yet, and we don't. Um, it's going to be Stephanie Landa, who should be calling in any second now. Um, I'm going to bring Mindy on. She has an update about a, a radio show that she has been working on, and so let's hear from Mindy. Good morning, Mindy. Good morning, hi. How are you? I understand. Hi, I understand you have some updates and something to tell us. Oh yes. Um, well, I have been volunteering for a community radio show here in Portland, um, KBOO 
90.7, and um, there's a show they have, Prison Pipeline. And one of the other hosts was is planning a show about prison art, and so I connected her with Andy Martin. So tomorrow night, one of the guests on KBU will be Andy Martin talking about Chris's um, Coloring for Convicts project, and I'm, I'm really excited about that. And I'll be co-hosting with Emma Lugo on that show. If you're in Portland, it's at 6.30. If you're not in Portland and want to listen to it later, you can go to their website and click an archive of it. Um, So I'm really stoked about that. And um, um, I'm also nervous, but I'm excited. And then um, I also (laughs) wanted to – I got an interesting uh, prison – update something that we might not think about too often but i i heard from piers baker who's in sheridan and he um was telling me that the wardens there at sheridan are obsessed about getting rid of dandelions out of the yard they want apparently a really pretty nice lawn so um by the way our taxpaying dollars are paying i assume for all the poison that they're putting on the the dandelions but they they soak the place down with Roundup, apparently. The inmates, um, the prisoners have to go out and, and treat for with Roundup. Well, Pierce has hep C, and apparently um, when you have hep C, you're more susceptible to the effects of poisons and pesticides and, and different things that might be in your environment. So he's been really just sick and miserable um, in a time and in time where normally people are all happy and excited, you know, spring's here and it's beautiful outside, and he can't go outside really without just getting ill from all the Roundup or whatever pesticide they're using. No offense to Roundup, Roundup people. I don't know if they even care, but anyway, I don't <laughs> like Roundup. It's poison. I don't, I'll say that they can sue me. But the point I'm saying is. Poor poor Piers is just sick and and all because of, of Roundup and it's it sucks. So um Aww. if you're a Piers Baker supporter, you know, send him some love. Um on some good note, um his when he went to prison he was married and um even though still very much in love with his wife at the time, um he you know, gave her a divorce. He just didn't feel like it was the right thing to do. Um and they stayed in contact. Well, um, he messaged me and said that she was going into surgery and that her birthday was the next day, but that the phone systems were down and asked me if I would reach out to her and, and send her a message on his behalf, which I did. Um, the good news is, though, is her uh, surgery was successful, and I know that um, that positive outcome helps his attitude um, very much. So um, that was good news for Pierce. Yay. Yay. Um, now I I'm seeing that Stephanie hasn't made it on yet and she might not. She's I mean, she's doing a lot of hard work and I was watching um Facebook yesterday and she is doing some great jobs selling um slushies and hot cocoa and all kinds of stuff and getting commissary money and at the same time Sherry Sicard I believe I saw a stack of 4,000 clemency letters that oh my God. in one day she has to go to the printer to get more I mean 
if those letters are making any difference in the world, there's no way that a stack that big sitting on the um, Obama's desk isn't going to get attention. <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm, I'm really I'm excited here. about all their work. Right, right. Well, Stephanie, we know that she just recently raised over $7,000 for our prisoners, so I'm anxious to see how much she gets this time. You know, I was going to wait for her to get on here, but it's looking like she just possibly may be too busy. We've, we've been in contact with her, but like, like, like Mindy said, she is really, really busy. So I'm just going to read um, a couple of messages that were meant for her that we haven't been able – we wanted to ask her how her son was because she had to turn herself her son in and she wasn't doing too good about it. And then she raised, and just before that, she raised the commissary money. So one of the prisoners, Alfonso Angel, have wrote this messages for Stephanie, and I was going to read them to her, but we'll read them to you guys. So I have no way of confirming that the warriors at Freedom Grow, that I have received their gift, and thanks so much. Specifically, Stephanie Landa and Mindy Grissis, and of course, Miss Floor. I don't know what I did, but love to everyone, always Angel, P-O-W. And then he sent me another message and said, Kristen, please notify that I have received the $100 gift. Thank you. I have never received a gift before. God bless you and all the great things, smiles, happiness, and bring all the MIA's love and peace, Angel. So another one said, um, Angel, this is from Angel also. And he said, special thanks to everyone at Freedom Grow. And then um, a message from Richard DeLisi to tell Stephanie Landa thank you as well. So, oh, yes. yes. The thank yous yes. that come in are so heartfelt. They, um, the, the prisoners are just so shocked when, and, when, and it's overwhelming to get, to get the thank yous. Um, all I, you know, Stephanie and all the people at the events that are donating this money are the ones doing all the hard work. I, I just get to be the, the bearer of the good news. And somehow that makes me get a thank you, but really, I, I don't do anything. I get I just get lucky to to help Stephanie let them know that money's coming. And so, um, but I get to see all the thank yous they send to her and forward them on to her, and, and they're really amazing. And and they're truly shocked. I mean, how often do you? I mean, I don't get a hundred dollar gift in my bank account. Yeah, <laughs> so. she sent seventeen prisoners a hundred dollars each. Yeah, yeah. Like I, like I said, you know, it, even on the uh, in on the free world, you know, on this side of the razor wire, getting a hundred dollars in your bank account, you know, just out of nowhere doesn't happen. So I imagine for them, that's just that just tickles them pink. Um, also, well, you know, talking about the, um, you know, Kerry was saying that he um, was denied his clemency by Obama. I received messages from a couple other prisoners also this week, one of which was Mo Foley, um, who um, also got their denials this week. So I find that um, really um, disheartening that in the same couple of weeks that he would release 61 people, that he would send our prisoners letters telling them that they aren't good enough for his his consideration. Well, that that um, thought, we got a lot of letters signed from Mofoli at a couple, you know, at the at a couple different events here and there. So that you know they know that we want them out, and they still denied them. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's pretty discouraged about it too. Um, 
so I, we're, I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, support him, let him know that there's other ways, there's other things that, yes, that's one door closed, but, you know, we got other options. Let's see, you know, trying to keep his spirits up. Um, on a positive side, though, Farrell Scott um, has been, I've been talking to Farrell Scott, and he somehow found out that the person who is a pro, was a prosecutor in his case is now a pro-marijuana senator, I believe. Now, I might be getting oh, wow. titles, into, but she's still a pro-cannabis um, person. And his attorney that just reached out to him, and, is, and he's just got a new attorney to help him with clemency requests, knows this person personally. So all these different little connections that are really important, we all know how relationships are sometimes what can really make and break, a, a, you know, um, a, a case and or um, how people get out, you know, what how people feel about the prisoner and relationships and, and how the, the attorneys feel and how the prosecutor feels and all that matters. And so um, these are really positive steps for him, and he's, um, he's really excited about that. So we all need to continue wow. to send positive thoughts his way and continue to get letters signed for Farrell because – here in a minute we're going to really need them for sure for sure well uh, you guys we still don't have stephanie we got about six minutes before george calls in eugene is there anything you want to say about what mindy just said are you there eugene oh Eugene, we're dropping off like flies today Kristen. <laughs> He's still there. I still think. I still think I'm here. I'm here. Hey, there you are. Is there anything we you want to say? We got about five minutes. You were, t- you were talking so nice. I w- you lulled me into a, a a quiet mode. Oh great! I bored you to death. Is what you're telling me. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we were so, just. I don't even know what I was talking about anymore. Now. Eugene, is well, there anything you uh, want to discuss? Uh, how about George? Are we going to bring George on soon? Yeah, he's coming on in about five minutes, but he hasn't called in quite okay. yet. We've got about five five minutes before we get George to call in. I, well, I, I think, think, we the, I think a and... point of the show today, Christian, is the creativity of, involved of, of some very talented people who are locked up. And right. how that, in spite of the, in spite of the incarceration, how that creativity is expressed and and right, uh, right. nourished by these people. Right. Well, Eugene, we've I've got a couple new a couple news topics here we can talk about. One is Todd Todd Simpson got denied his appeal. Um, Todd Simpson is a someone a medical caregiver. I don't. Where's Where's Todd from, Mindy? North Carolina, I believe. Right. Well, he was. He had an appeal, and we got a we got a flyer made for him, asking people to call and ask him to grant his appeal. It did not work. He was denied his appeal. I believe that was about the week before last. Um, another thing I want to ask everybody, like right now, if you look into our pictures that are flashing across the screen, um, as you watch this radio show, you'll see one for Richard Delisi. Um, Richard Delisi has been incarcerated for. So far for three 30-year sentences. In fact, you can hear more about Richard Delisi as we had his son on our show a couple weeks ago. But since his sons came on the show, um, we made a flyer for Richard and it asked basically you to call Governor Rick Scott 
and ask him to free him because, you know, Rick Scott passed a little medical marijuana thing. And Eugene, you're from Florida. Um, in fact, I've called Governor Rick Scott numerous times in the last week and a half, two weeks, and I know we've gotten quite a bit of calls there. Uh, the number to call for Governor Rick Scott, which I urge you to do it tomorrow morning because it's, they're not open today, but I do believe you can leave a voicemail, is 850-717-9337. Um, tell them that Richard DeLisi is nonviolent and that he's never hurt anybody and that he should re- be returned back to his family as soon as possible. Um, so that's that's what I got. Um, I think there's some more news here. Let me go back. Um, Kristen, um, you know, excuse me for interrupting, but the first item you mentioned about being denied an appeal, I, I want to say this. The whole appeal process is a farce. It's a big mm-hmm. farce. Very few are ever granted. And uh, there, there are all kinds of technicalities involved to deny. Uh, anyone who isn't familiar with it should, uh, should understand this. It really is not, we do not have an effective and just justice system. No, it's, no, re- it's, really, it's really just us. Not justice. Well, yeah, I, I understand that my dad, he applied for an appeal immediately after he was sentenced, and it took four months for his appeal to go through, and like four or five days before he died, he was denied his appeal, but he never knew that because I didn't want to break his heart, you know, and they were transporting him, and I just didn't want to tell him. The last time I talked to him, dad, they, oh, yeah, dad, and you're never getting out. They denied your appeal. You know, I, I didn't want to hope, lose hope, and then I went on contact with him, and then he passed away. So he never found out they denied him. But he was denied as well. Uh, also, um, Jerry Duvall is such a sick man. He's in, a, he's in a, a medical prison, and he was denied his appeal. So that's um, terrible to be denied an appeal. That's your only last fighting chance at survival and at, at freedom, and then you're denied an appeal. So I just got a message from Sari Sicard on Facebook. Who we, she's got a Marijuana Lifers project going on. So we're going to hear more about her project coming up in the next week. I believe the next week she's going to be on our show. But she's um, got a, she's got a cannabis um, POW, a monthly one that she likes to focus on, POW of the month. And it's always a lifer. And so she's going to come on on one of our next shows and tell us why that person is the, the prisoner of the month and talk about her prisoner of the month. But I was sitting here on Facebook with, with her, and she has a message that said that she should have over 1,000 letters signed. at the, She's at the High Times Cup also uh, by the end of the event, and that she has some really volunteer, really fabulous volunteers helping her work at it. So I can see a picture on there. I shared one on my Facebook wall. I can't share it on the Voices of the Cannabis wall because her privacy settings are, are different. But you can see what's going on right down in Southern California by, by going to her site. I think we may possibly I got a have little George excited on. and said 4,000, but oopsie. I guess only one, but 1,000 is still huge. Okay, yeah, I'm going to go screen that call, Kristen. I'll be right back. Okay, cool. So we might have George Monterano on the line, as we speak, and we're going to hear about his weekend, which is from last week, which, um, Eugene, didn't you say he got to speak at an event uh, at a college? Yes, he spoke out of college. He was a ma- uh, one of the major speakers. Let him tell us the story. Uh, it's very impressive what George is doing now that he's outside. Wow. And he's going to talk also about uh, this whole idea of uh, 
what you can create and do. He did so much himself while you're incarcerated. Uh, okay. So those will be the two major things he's speaking of, yes. Okay. Well, we're about to bring him on right now, but for our listeners, just know that George spent 33 years locked up in prison and got out of his life sentence and is a very good justice friend of, of, uh, of Eugene Fisher. Here is George Monterano. Good morning, George. Hey, good morning, my West Coast friends. How are you? <laughs> we're good. We're good. How is How are you? Okay. Good morning, George. Hey, good morning, Gene. I understand the the show's based on the theme is creativity this week yes. about what prisoners can become. Okay, let me let me start with this poem that I wrote. I actually wrote, I timed it, and I wrote it six minutes ago. Again, I don't title them because I wanted to be so fresh and special for the show. So here's uh-huh. the poem. <clears throat> they come in to prison, the very lost of Sikh. Of there, their souls so weep. Ah, but once tears dry, can wonder be born? Creation, once opens mind, pushes thee along. Then and only then does found of prisoner begin. So, you know, as a teacher in many in many uh, creative classes, I. I agree. I graduated just my last institution, 34 uh, creative uh, writing classes in which we did every aspect of writing in that class, 34 classes, 25 in each class. And I seen so many prisoners lost and uh, they had to seek which, uh, which was within them. Okay. And you see it's entirely changed, an entirety of change within a dark soul especially them that know they're going to be languishing in prison, especially them know that the justice system is, uh, it needs to be re- <laughs> recreated. That needs to be recreated, our justice system. So it's so <laughs> wonderful to see, to see these guys evolve because when you evolve in any type of creativity, whether it's writing, song, <clears throat> art, you know, it's a, you, know you, 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 feel, you feel you're worth something. You feel you're worth something. And, you know, when you, you get these long sentences and, <clears throat> you know, you're tossed away, you know, a lot of it, a lot of it, which you feel as a human being, is starts to slowly rust, slowly rust about, upon your being. So creativity is so, I've seen it perform miracles. I've seen it perform miracles. So much so, miracles unto, unto myself. You know, never before at the University of Pennsylvania, it's been around since 1800s, a person from my background spoke there. I was the only speaker to get a standing ovation out of 11. I was the only speaker to be asked back for a Q&A in front of the whole student body. And also wow. TED Talk. TED Talk, uh, never from someone from my type of background, has spoken. So but that, but that all started from when I found my creativity. Okay, so Gene, Gene was there in the early stages, and uh, once you find you find this creativity, it's this pencil that you will never let it be unsharpened. You'll keep sharpening it, and from that sharpen, you develop yourself more and more and more. It's so it's so uh, it's such a saving grace, Gene. Yes, George. Uh, 
give us uh, uh, some specifics, possibly, about what you told the students that uh, told the student body in your in your talk and your well. Your, uh, uh, basically, they wanted they they knew of the story uh, of all the of all the the speakers. I had the biggest the biggest bio on their website, the university's wow. website. They they instead of a paragraph, they basically had a page. So, uh, and to be honest with our, our listeners out there, you know, I have to perform. I have to tell the story, but I have to perform because uh, the stories, uh, there's so many stories of stories. I started with solitary. I gave him some episodes of solitary. And then I gave him some episodes of how I self-taught myself. And then I, and I adjusted that self-taught as a teacher mentor by creating my own curriculums. But uh, for the listeners out there and anybody that's, that did time and they're interacting with the community, you know, you must, uh, you must perform in the right manner. I'm not saying to make a fool out of yourself, but you must perform in the right manner. Because if you perform, if you deliver the stories properly, then the audience will come to listen. So it's uh, something that I, I like that. Excuse, excuse me? So that's good that's good advice. I like that. Yes, and a matter of fact, I even uh, while I was there, I was there for rehearsal at the Wharton School of Business, the most prestigious school in America. For uh, and uh, you know, it's in that campus, and they actually sponsored the Wharton School of Business sponsored the TED Talk. So there was these very, uh, I wouldn't say privileged individuals, but very uh, astute, astute young people. But I actually took them aside on a Saturday and taught them some public speaking skills because I said, you're going to need this in life. And then uh, Sunday when we, were, when we were there all day, it was one of, they gave us red car treatment, red, and red carpet treatment. It was unbelievable. But these young kids, I was interacting with these young college kids, and I actually took a bunch of them aside and actually gave them a class on the word no. <laughs> you know, young people have to, have to say no, and it's difficult. It's difficult. And when guys come to prison, me and Gene would give a, actually give a class. You have to say, you have to look an individual in the, in the eyes and say no, especially what, you're, what he's telling you could basically destroy your life. So I had a lot of interaction with these, these young people. And, and uh, us people from prison, prison, I haven't seen anybody in prison for cannabis that didn't try to help. Didn't try to speak yeah. as a gentleman. I had never seen some crude, and I did time with beasts. I mean, there's institutions that I did time with beasts, but I never met a, someone in the in, in prison uh, that do, is doing time for cannabis that wasn't a person that you know you wouldn't welcome into your home. Gene. Yeah, George. Uh, about the courses taught. Today, uh, we had our uh, normal interview with Craig Cecil, who is uh, doing time, uh, as you and I have done time, uh, and he mentioned the uh, ACE curriculum, and it it dawned on me that guys like you and I were were the pioneers in bringing those courses to to prisoners. You want to expand on that a little bit? Well, uh, we, we, we know we... We did our job, you and I, as the teachers, and we always put our extra, extra personal things for lifestyle change. So, you know, we were doing them for many years, and then all of a sudden, in 2012, 
I got called in from the prison powers that be, and they said, hey, George, you gotta, we want to, uh, to add this title to your classes. And uh, I said, what is that? They said, reentry. And uh, we went, they went on to tell me that the Bureau of Prisons was a big focus on, on reentry. So what we did is, but I wanted to be honest in the situation. I just didn't want to title classes that I already been doing a reentry now. No, I said, no, I needed, I needed uh, legitimate exercise books. And uh, the Bureau of Prisons uh, had ordered, I helped in that ordering from one, one company out of Nevada. And uh, they ordered all these exercises. And then naturally you would take this book and you would make them go through the exercise. But then you would add, add the stuff that we've been doing, you know, throughout the years. So, and, uh, and that was it from 2012. Uh, to upon release, I created uh, one, two, three, three creative writing classes. I mean, I'm sorry, reentry classes. I created three. And uh, we were graduating just in them classes, added to the other. If you graduate, we were, me and my assistant always trained an assistant to carry on, and I'm proud of that. Every class I left, I had a trained assistant, so it just didn't go up in smoke. We were graduating 400 students every season of the year. Wow. Yes. So, and, uh, and I just, you know, what I'm a little sad about, you know, the White House promised to uh, release these 60,000, and it's coming, it's coming in trickles. It's coming right. in trickles. So, and, uh, you know, we, we, me and Gene and people like, uh, you know, you know, if you were, even if you weren't a teacher, okay, like I said, the cannabis guys always, always were good role models, good role models. And yet, we were the one, basically the ones that uh, where lives were being thrown away, and these other guys, with some heinous crimes, would never, wouldn't even get near the amount of time that we were doing. Gene. Yeah, George, uh, you're absolutely right, and uh, uh, I agree. I don't remember ever any marijuana prisoners who weren't a constructive part of the prison community while I was incarcerated also. Uh, and even the women, the women I got to know through the prison grapevine, the women that were away for, uh, for cannabis, they always, they always were respected in the prison uh, setting. So, you know, we can, we can go on and on and on for change, but we need change now. I pray I can get off of uh, situations where I can start traveling to Washington and speaking where I can. Uh, George, there's a new movie out that I recommend to all our listeners. I recommend to you if you haven't seen it. It's on Netflix. The House Where I Live. It's about our federal prison system and how terrible, not just federal, our prison system overall, how terrible it really is. Among, among the many facts given... Uh, we not only incarcerate more than anyone in the world, but talking about women, we incarcerate more women prisoners than any other nation in the world. Uh, I, I happened to do time at a certain prison in the Panhandle of Florida, where where, where was there was a maximum security prison, basically uh, very severe, and uh, people didn't even know that the feds had that. 
It was on the Mariana prison uh, uh, compound, and they had a maximum security prison for women. And, uh, and, and you know, it was it was a difficult situation for them. Gene? Um, George, tell us what, what does maximum security mean in the federal prison system? Well, if you're a prisoner that actually has maximum security on his on his uh, judgment and the commitment, basically they can want you to die for as long as they want. They could chain you up and put you on buses for days, chain you up and put you in the air. <laughs> they, if you got maximum security tagged on your sentence, you are thrilled. You are thrilled. You have to. I believe this. No one knows better than me. You are considered, you are considered beast within the Bureau of Prisons. And, they, and my 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 uh, file said nonviolent first offender, but that prosecutor, that then prosecutor, falsified a document and put maximum security on me. So much so that the first institution was the most locked down institution in the world. Marion, the warden stood out front and refused me. He said, "I'm not taking March. I don't." He's the first time of nonviolent. What's he doing at my prison? So when I sat in the marshal's cars for almost two hours until they wore they wore down the Bureau of Prisons, and the warden came out and told me, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Marshal, I got to take you in. That prosecutor in Philly, I was ordered to put you in here." And I went into the worst prison. I'd never been in prison. Never had a parking ticket. But I already was experienced. I did a year already in the hole. And when I went back there, you know, I went into there, it was just the same or the same, or the same trying to save myself from becoming a beast. <laughs> hey, guys, this is Mindy. I don't mean to cut off, cut you off, but we got Stephanie Landa calling from an event, and she has got a very strict little time schedule. Can we um, – do you mind that I interrupt? I'm so sorry. Okay. Yep. Well, I'll see you guys next week, Gene. I'll call you later. Okay. Thank you, Thank George. You, George. Right. Christine. Georgie Maturano. I'll see you in all of our one of our stars in our program. Thank you, George, for being on. I love George. Next we're gonna hear from Stephanie Landa, ex POW, who is at the High Times Cup raising money. Um let's see, here she is. Oh, it didn't let me there it goes. Good morning, Stephanie. Hello. We kinda Hi. <laughs> We good morning, good morning, Stephanie. Good morning. I'm here. Sorry, I had to interrupt George. I hate that. Um, oh. But I only have like a few minutes, so I just want to tell everybody hi. And it's really windy here, and we're like blowing away, but we're keeping the dollars in the bottle. So we collected thirteen hundred dollars yesterday, a thousand dollars Friday, and uh, so twenty three people so far. We'll get a hundred bucks a piece on their concert. So I'm really excited. Everybody made me come. I didn't want to come because everybody knows that Max is in jail and the state has kidnapped him as far as I'm concerned because um, five days ago they decided to move him to state prison, which is great. They got him out of county jail right away, which I really like. But they're moving him to a state prison. Nobody knows which state prison. And he can't call me for 45 to 90 days because he's in something called reception. So uh, they literally kidnapped my child and for pot. 
I mean, this is like the most ridiculous thing in the whole world that I'm in an event that has shatter everywhere, pot, wax, everything everywhere at every booth, and everybody's doing it openly. And my child sits in jail. This is like the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. Really unjust. And I don't want to cry because I, I need to do this booth today. But it's just like, I can't understand it. I have like a high IQ, and I cannot understand what's going on. It doesn't make any sense. The government is fucked up. Sorry, excuse my French, but there are no other words for them. Okay, that's my rant for today. (laughs) For sure. Well, we agree with you, Stephanie. Everyone knows the system is messed up royally. The new movie, The House I Live In, on Netflix, recommend to everyone to watch it. It talks about how horrible our justice system is. Recommend everyone see it. But you're absolutely right. There's no rhyme or reason to it other than just creating a bunch of jobs for people who are guards and other people in the system. Yeah, fucked up. So, Stephanie, when you were um, earlier, we, we still talked about you even though you didn't come in. And we read some thank yous from some of our prisoners who had just who had, I had gotten some thank yous for. In fact, it was Alfonso Angel who thanked me over and over um, three different times. He was so happy to get $100 that you raised for his commissary. Um, I well, won't read them all to you. I know you're in a hurry, but I just want you to know he is especially thank you, thankful, and so is Richard Delisi. Yeah, you don't have to, like, thank me because they did. They sent me letters. I got, like... I don't know, 30 or 40 letters that I cried and cried. They were so touching. I mean, $100, like, that's like, I mean, really and truly, you wouldn't believe what you get back when you send somebody $100 in prison. The, the, The thank you that you get back is just so touching. Like, everybody should just try it. (laughs) <laughs> Stephanie, um, did you uh, uh, If somebody's coming to the High Times Cup today Down there, how do they find you? What booth are you at? Where can they come and donate? Okay, I'm right in front of the tallest stage CHR stage It's huge And I'm okay. right in front of it With uh, Dr. Dina Like we have huge banners that say Dr. Dina Okay, cool, cool. So if you are listening, please get your butts down there and help our prisoners. And um, if you're not, I'm at freedomgrow.org. And there's like, you just have to push that donate button. It's a nice button. Okay, okay and all your all your donations are tax deductible because she is a 501c3. So right. benefits right. everybody. And, and I am really thinking about uh, Hempfest a lot. I, like, want to help do a booth. Okay. Well, I'm in the process of I'm going to be talking with them on Wednesday, and I'm going to talk to them about maybe um, expanding their prison outreach at the Hempfest this year, which I haven't quite got it, got in there with them yet, but I'm going to try to see if we can get some, some bigger plans there than what they've got so far. So I'll talk okay, to you about that. Okay, don't forget you can use my 501c3. Okay, cool, cool. All right. Well, Stephanie, okay, is there anything I love else you guys. 
We love you. Thank you for helping our prisoners. And thank yeah. you for being there. Another, I right, uh, just want to put in another plug for Stephanie. Uh, what she's doing is selfless and beautiful and supplying forgotten prisoners with with commissary funds. She works at it relentlessly. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank yep. you, thank Jean. You. And I'm so glad you're on Facebook. Bye. <laughs> Free Max. Free Max. Bring back, back home to Stephanie. <laughs> All that's, right, you guys. That's, next that's, that's, a, that's a joke between Stephanie and me. She knows <laughs> How I've been dragged, kicking, and screaming into Facebook. And she said to me all along I could be on it. Yes. I and now you're on it. You're going to live. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk right. to you later. Okay, bye. Bye, bye. All right. Well, why clemency letters are getting signed down in Southern California by Sherry Sicard. We've got Miggy420 from up here in Washington who's getting them signed up here in Washington as well. So if you're in Washington, um, here's Miggy. He's going to tell you how to come find his letters. And for who? Good morning, Miggy. Hey, good morning. How are you doing? Good morning, good, Miggy. Good. Uh, thank, you for the, thank you for the nice thing you put on Facebook concerning my getting a kidney. I appreciate it very much. That's important. I'm glad that you, uh, everybody came, everything came out, worked out for you. That's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate your sentiments. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm 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 actually on my way. I'm catching the bus right now uh, to go to Uncle Ike's, and they're gonna give me a spot in the uh, glass shop to uh, get Columbusy letter signed. So Uncle Ike's is a recreational store, and yeah, I'm, um, I'm good. So you're gonna talk be talking to Uncle Ike's customers and telling the customers that believe it's completely legal a little bit about Andy Cox. Yeah, Andrew Cox reached out to me uh, personally. I believe he sent a bunch of letters to a bunch of people. But, uh, you know, when these guys reach out to you, you feel kind of obligated to to help them, especially if it's just for pot. That's cool, cool. So um, so where is Uncle Ike's? And if people want to stop into Uncle Ike's today, because they are I, – I love that. I love that, you know, first of all, I just shout out to Uncle Ike's for, you know, coming to our state in a recreational environment and saying, hey, this isn't fair, Miggy, come get these letters signed at our establishment. So if you ask me, anybody who buys recreational cannabis should straight go straight to Uncle Ike's today, get your, med- get your, get your cannabis from Uncle Ike's, and sign one of Miggy's letters. Like that, that's the best place in the world as far as I'm concerned. I think so it's the most poignant, too. Where, so where is it? Where is Uncle Ike? It's off of Union, and I don't know the cross street. Uh, but, you know, anybody with Google can figure it out. Or if you just grab a local stranger, it has the address right there. But um, I just know how to catch the bus there. Okay. okay. <laughs> but, but, you know, they're, the fact that they are leading the, 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 the march with this whole recreational, when it comes to they're pulling the bad stuff off the shelves that get recalled, uh, they're, they're doing all the right things, and they're giving me a spot to – Try and get, you know, and this could be a continuous thing every weekend. I, you know, I, I think they're open to it. And then once they're open to it, more places will be open to it. And maybe we can be in every freaking recreational shop. That that kind of makes sense to me. But Well, I'm going to join you uh, one of these days. I just, I just got to go to work today. But um, one of these days yeah. I want to come and help, help out get those signatures at Uncle Ike's. I think that's really cool that you 
that you have done this, you have gotten gotten good with them and said, hey, can we be a voice for our prisoners there? And they're like, yes. So that, that's two voices coming together. Yeah, and what's nice, too, is I get to use your name a lot, too, because I'm like, yeah, I work for Kristen Floor and uh, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe I'll make a special appearance there and I can attract customers, and then we'll just be like. Right on. Well, there Sign you go. In. Well, hey, my oh, bus my is coming. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mickey, let's talk a little bit about Lance Floor um, this week. He, oh, he had, yeah. He had his, um, he had his uh, sentencing schedule. Yeah, you know, they're doing, the government's doing what they can as far as messing with his life. You know, they've already taken him behind bars because of the cell phone violation. And then, uh, uh, for whatever reason, the, the cell phone violation hearing and the, um, uh, uh, the, the, his actual sentencing date were on the same date, but they changed his sentencing date, which is kind of weird. Well, it's just not weird, but it's fortunate how they can manipulate people's lives like that. Yeah, so we thought we had a chance. We thought we were going to go down there with our signs and rally for Lance's freedom. But without that court date, he doesn't even get a chance. We thought the judge may possibly release him that day pending his sentencing as well. But he didn't even get a chance so far to tell the judge his explanation of the cell phone violation. So it looks like Lance will be sitting at this point um, behind bars until June 3rd, which is the next uh, sentencing date for Lance. Um unless his attorney can get a, a, a sooner a hearing, which uh, who knows if that's going to work, but he does have a new attorney he's working with. Um, so if anybody would please write Lance a letter, he's never been in prison before. His mom wants him home really, really, really bad. Um, please go to my Facebook page, Lance Sentencing Facebook event, or Lance's mom, or Lance Glor, G-L-O-O-R. You can go to his page and get his address and write him a letter. Um, he is He's just just got in the system there, and you know he really needs our support, especially in Washington, where especially he's standing up for our Washington rights. So if you're in Washington, I mean, you can write letters from around the nation, but I especially would like to see people from our state um, write Lance letters from. So go, yeah. go say hi. And like you know, I'm sorry. Yes. So as you know, everything <laughs> about this trial is just pot related too. That's all it is. I know it is so silly. It is so silly. Oh. I remember those that that trial was nuts. I cannot believe the things that I saw and heard, but some of it was really good too. So, yeah. well, Maggie, is there anything else you would like our listeners to know? Um, I know we, you and me and Mindy and Becca and Danielle, we tied up another another issue of the Northwest Leaf this this month, which I'm really excited that we got a, yeah another article produced for our prisoners and our defendants. Um, you know, I just want to point out that what I'm doing, anybody could do. You just have to uh, print out a glimpse there, go to uh, the Lifers for Pod, or reach out to Sherry Shakard, or you, or me, and uh, we can guide them on how to print things out and then send a packet to Sherry or to the prisoner themselves. For sure. And you don't have to be in a dispensary or in an event. Uh, Mindy and I, we took it to the streets a couple weeks ago and got plenty of letters to sign on the streets of Portland to to the public. So. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Miggy. Well, I can't wait to hear how many letters you got signed. Um, is there anything well, get you want to tell? All fifty. Cool. Cool. <laughs> is there anything you want our listeners to know before we hang up? Nope. Just come on down. Uncle Ike. All right. Cool. Uncle Ike. All right. We love Uncle Ike. All right. Thank you. Bye.
All right, next we're going to go to Tom Corby, who I believe has some news from Northern California. Tom Corby is was a defendant uh, who fought his own case and now helps other people fight their case. And he is like the powerhouse of Northern California. He is a human solution chapter coordinator. So his job is to end prohibition, and he does a really, really good job at it. So here is Tom Corby. Good morning, Tom. Top of the day, all. I always want to thank all the folks on the front line, uh, Gene Fisher, Kristen Flores, Mindy Griffiths, all the folks on the front line to help be the solution to end prohibition. And uh, as mentioned, we need to deschedule, uh, not reschedule cannabis uh, and end prohibition for all our POWs. <clears throat> no one should go to jail for our plan. Uh, when we talk about Lance Gore, I want to honor them, Tracy and Lance, for standing strong. Um, you can still write letters. Uh, as Kristen said, I actually have what I what I like to do also, uh, not only send it to the judge, uh, the emails, also send uh, a letter to Lance Gore personally. Uh, he's at... Uh, the Federal Detention Center. Uh, his registration number is 4427086, Unit DB, Box 13, 900, Seattle, Washington, 98198-1090. These letters are so important uh, and they're so appreciated, these return letters. I don't know if I read Last uh, return letter on this show yet on the radio show that we're talking on, uh, but I'm going to read his letter. <clears throat> Tom and Don, thank you so much <clears throat> for taking the time out of your day to write me. It makes the day go by so much faster with all the support mail I receive. Plus, it really means a lot to me to have your 100% unconditional support and for standing beside me against the feds. I hope since my case is precedence that once I finally beat my case, all medical marijuana patients and providers will finally have some much-needed protection and clarity from fed U.S. state laws. Uh, to add here, this is where we need to deschedule and, uh, and get uh, cannabis out of any schedule and when we talk about schedule two I always ask why coke and meth is schedule two and our, our medicine is schedule one uh, it's illogical it uh, makes no sense he goes on to say I really appreciate you being on the front lines and working to try to end prohibition and for your support of me and my many others thank you for helping to coordinate that's a big word, coordinate, and get the letters of request for leniency to drugs late by email address. My lawyer will submit all of them. I'm locked up now because my probation officer violated me for changing my cell phone number after he approved it. So I'm confident when I get in front of the judge on April 1st, now that's been changed to June 1st, the sentencing has been changed to June 1st. Uh, after spending 26 days locked up in a cage for no reason, 
uh, he will release me and find that I committed no violation. I always think also here, if they locked him up, I had no reason that he has an injunction lawsuit here that he might want to find. Also, please tell Alex Lyons, I said thank you for the kind words you wrote on back of the card you sent. For it means the world to me and to my family. Sincerely, your friend, last floor, one team, one dream. He says, sorry for the sloppy uh, letter, but they only gave me these flimsy little tiny pens to write with. <laughs> So that's a letter from Mascore, and uh, you can walk with that. It's a nice letter back. I always get cheers. Uh, uh, just uh, just amazes me that we have uh, prisoners in life without parole for our client. Uh, it's unacceptable. Uh, also, when we talk about, Eugene mentioned these letters of pardons. Uh, I know a lot of times uh, they're for not, like he said, on a federal level. Uh, but this letter uh, uh, I got back uh, from the U.S. Department of Justice <clears throat> Office of Pardon Attorney uh, from uh, to keep free Paul free. Uh, uh, we're very familiar, Christian, uh, Gene. We're all very familiar with Paul Free's case. Uh, we've been writing pardon letters for almost four years now. Uh, the letter comes back. As uh, to Mr. Corby, <clears throat> we have received your letter dated uh, the 1st of January 2016 regarding the petition for comp- commutation reduction of sentence for Mr. Paul Free. Uh, I regret to delay in sending you an acknowledgement. I want to confirm for you that we have received Mr. Free's petition for clemency, and we have included your letter in his clemency file which I'm sure there's many letters there. His application is under consideration. Oh, no, I like that. Thank you. At least consider it. Uh, while we cannot predict when a decision will be reached, he will be notified promptly once final action has been taken on his application. Pre's, uh reference case number C17900608, any future comments? Correspondences with this office. Thank you for sharing your thoughts with us sincerely. Larry Coopers, that's a new one, a deputy pardon attorney. Uh, these letters are so important. Uh, you can write uh, the pardon attorney today and also call free. Uh, you can go to our website at thehumaninstitution.org, uh, prisoner outreach program. Uh, you can go to Let Freedom grow.org also, and POW420. In Northern California, on the calendar this week, uh, it's kind of busy the last two weeks, actually. Uh, i got to bring Shelby up again. We went for her 34th preliminary hearing just uh, recently uh, on the 8th. Uh, It was an interesting hearing. Uh, actually, uh, her PD, we kind of like him, uh, actually, in the end, uh, shouted out, uh, dismiss this case in the name of justice. And I remember back a couple years ago, the judge asked, reprimanding the DA, why am I still hearing this case? So, in fact, why are we? Why are we wasting taxpayers' time and money? It's just, uh, oh, I don't know, it's discouraging. Anyway, Shelby goes back uh, for
for her 35th preliminary hearing. Uh, you know, think about preliminary hearings. Uh, anyway, she goes back uh, 9 a.m. on uh, April 29th, Friday at 9 a.m. Of course, court support always uh, needed, and Shelby is so appreciate of all the support she gets. Uh, when we talk about preliminary hearings, the difference between Shelby's case and Alex Lyons. Heard we talk about Alex Lyons. Alex Lyons, a cut to the chase, just the opposite. Waived his rights to waive time and pass prelim, went right straight to arraignment with Chernobyl James. Uh, now he has also a criminal attorney, uh, Stefana Femino. She's really good at Butte County here. I really like uh, uh, his case. Uh, Alex is standing strong. He's taken Butte on to trial, jury trial selection. Actually, it's going to be now this Thursday uh, at 8.30 a.m. That's number one, Court Street, right here in Oroville, California. Come if you can for Alex Lyons. He comes for us. Also, uh, to jump back to Monday, this Monday, uh, we have Dan Levine on, the, on his fifth day of trial. It's a civil grading uh, trial that he's taken uh, Butte on, and he's... Uh, uh, looks good for Dan Levine. Uh, also, we have Nick Moran. I've talked about Nick Moran's case. Uh, it's a new one. Uh, Butte County here, not new. He got busted a year ago, but uh, he's actually here now. And I talked about his mom, uh, Elizabeth Joy. She came all the way down from Michigan in her uh, RV. And they're, they're actually, uh, we put them up right here uh, in our backyard. And uh, and uh, he had a 995 dismiss hearing this Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. here. Uh, I'm not sure why, but his attorney, Ben Scarf, uh, met him up with the Benos. Uh, I think he's good. Uh, for some reason, he canceled his 995 dismiss hearing this Monday. He uh, told Nick that he just felt that it was unnecessary. So uh, Nick ran. Uh, has taken Butte uh, right on to trial, uh, jury trial se- selection on July 6th here in uh, Butte County, number one Court Street. That's jury selection and on to trial uh, on 11th of July 16th. Uh, court sports always most important when we talk about trial. Uh, we have to be very careful uh, with passing out literature, talking to witnesses, um, Dress and code of conduct is so important uh, and common respect, gratitude and respect uh, when we go to trial. Uh, uh, I, I'm gonna, <laughs> I need to breathe. Uh, there's so much going on. <laughs> and uh, I want to thank all, everyone today. I probably left something out. Uh, and I, I hope Eddie left. Uh, and getting out soon, I know that I, I thought uh, I, at one point he was going to get an early out, and that was turned down. So let's just hope Eddie Lepp gets out soon, and, and no one should go to jail for a plant. Uh, come join us to help be the solution to end prohibition all. And don't forget to breathe. I want to thank you all today uh, for another great hit. These are historical shows. Uh, I believe, Christian, you could go to our website, 
uh, to the archives on radio, and you could catch not only this show, but all past radio shows. Uh, okay, thank you, Warren. And uh, uh, try to cut to brevity, <laughs> not a man of brevity, because we have, <laughs> thank uh, we you, have a lot to say. That's why. Okay, Kristen, you thank you. Well. You have a good day. Right, that was Tom Corby, a Northern California chapter coordinator for Northern California with all the news that's going on in Northern California. And there's so much. And I want to thank him personally for talking about Lance. Lance has actually turned into a friend of mine, and he's a really cool guy, and I'm really glad to see um, Tom Corby and them advocating for him. It, it feels good. Um, but first, we're about to go on to closing, but um, I just want to mention that Mindy and I will be having letters at both the Seattle March and the, C- and the Portland March, so come check us out. We also have an article in the Vegas Canada Mag right now that Mindy wrote regarding uh, Chris Martin, who is a, one of our prisoners down in uh, Arizona. We've had his fiance or his, his wife on the show to talk about his case, so stay tuned for that. Um, next, we're going to go right directly into closing, um, where we're going to say some rest in pieces for our prisoners. But first, we want to say um, thank CCHI 2016 for giving us this platform for us to be on. Eugene, Mindy, all the callers, all the listeners, Becca, who's gonna, um, who helps us out all the time. Thank you, everybody, everybody who helps out the Voices of the Cannabis War. We appreciate it. Just know that we can end the war right now just by refusing to snitch and by refusing to say not gu- to say guilty. Um, if you are ever called to jury duty, you have the power to say not guilty if you're ever called to, to, to jury duty. And that would have saved so many of our prisoners, um, like Richard DeLisi right now, who's 30, serving three 30-year three, uh, sentences. So please, vote not guilty. Next, we're going to say rest in peace to Richard Floor, my father, who died in federal custody, shackled to a hospital bed with so many different torturous things that were happening to him. He was being neglected and mentally abused in prison and died there um, right in front of me. And um, I just want to say rest in peace to my dad. I've had a long week regarding his death, and it shouldn't just never happen to anybody else again. And that's one of the main reasons why I fight so hard, so that nobody has to die in prison for a plant. We also want to say rest in peace to Gary Shepard, who was shot down in in a raid by the federal government. Him and Mary Jane Jones were shot down, and Gary was shot over 20 20 times and passed away that day. Mary Jane Jones continued to live for a couple decades and just passed away a few months ago. We also want to say rest in peace to Jack Hare, who taught us so much about the plant, and I'm just going to urge you to read the book, Emperor Wears No Clothes, which will tell you all about the conspiracy. We also want to say rest in peace to Peter McWilliams, who motivated us. He, he wrote all kinds of pl- uh, books for us to be able to depend on to bring us up, our thoughts up. And he was also a plant prisoner and a, a civil rights advocate. Rest in peace, Peter. We also want to say rest in peace to Bill Lamorte, who was a life prisoner, sending a life sentence in prison. Well, he passed away on July 1st, 4th, prison with him at the time. He was in prison for the plant. And after 20 years of incarceration, he died from a major heart attack. He grabbed his chest in the yard and died right there in prison. Nobody should die in prison, okay, for a plant. So rest in peace, Bill. Also rest in peace to Larry Harvey, who was fighting in D.C. while while him and his whole family members were facing charges. Also to D. Young for giving us Adam. And Curtis Cecil, who left behind his father, who's in prison. Curtis died while his dad was in prison serving his life sentence. 
His dad is Craig. He calls into our show every single Sunday. Also, rest in peace to Spencer Coptis and Cashy Hyde, who were two little boys using the medicine to kill their cancer. Well, when their caregivers got raided, they didn't get the medicine like they were used to, and they passed away in the war as well. Also, rest in peace to Bernardo Fulma Martinez, who died of cancer, who was trying to help us in the war. He was a true hero in my heart. Also, to Elaine Sammons of the Onak tribe, she died of a very tragic tragedy. Um, when she was waiting on her medicine and it was interrupted by the post office. Well, she didn't get her medicine, and a few few days later, she passed away. And also to you, George and Jean's friend, sir, who they say went to FCI in the sky. He died in prison. So please help us end prohibition so all of our prisoners who are serving life can go home to their family members. And so can all of our rest of our, of our prisoners. That nobody has to go to jail for a plant. Thank you for listening to our show today. And have a beautiful day. And we're going to play a song right now. This is from, another song from Carrie Woosley. If in case you missed it earlier, we love this song. This is called These Walls Around Me. Thank you for listening and have a beautiful day. I've got these walls around me. So tell me how you found me. Thought I'd never see your face again. And am I just dreaming? Or maybe just a feeling? For someone to call a friend. I feel a million miles away from this life of mine Punishments from things done wrong make you do sometimes You do what you do thinking what you do will pass somehow Baby, look at me now I've got these walls around me how you found me Thought I'd never see your face again And am I just dreaming Or maybe just a feeling With someone to call a friend Trust me, I am lonely My privacy is phony I'm just waiting to feel free I haven't begun yet To see my first sunset When I do, can you come with me? smiling face and all the good I've done for this crazy place I'd be there for you no matter what you do no matter who you know baby what did you do I've got these walls around me so tell me how you found me thought I'd never see your face again Am I just dreaming, or maybe just a feeling? With someone to call a friend. Trust me, I am lonely. My privacy is phony. I'm just waiting to feel free. I haven't begun yet to see my first sunset. When I do, can you come with me? Am 
Be one. 